And so at that point in time, we can tell them to take a break, just go for a walk, essentially something that, you know, removes you from the current work that you're doing. And then when you come back, it's really crazy to see the the responses from our users. They're like, wow, I didn't realize I needed that break. I feel so much better. Like the second half of this work, I feel even more energized in the first half, right? Hello, hello. I welcome you to another episode of Reaching Your Goals. Reaching Your Goals is a career podcast where you get the insights to go from motion to action, making things happen. I'm your host, Johanna Herbst. I'm a certified executive and career coach and a management consultant with an MBA from NYU Stern School of Business. My mission is to inspire you to reach your goals, lead with kindness and have some fun along the way. In our conversation this week, we will talk about how AI can help to prevent burnout and live a more balanced life. And yes, this conversation is also for you. If you are tired of being tired at the end of the working day and you would like to understand how you can charge your batteries throughout the day, because that is exactly what we will find out from our guest, Ramses Alkite. And before we jump in, let me quickly introduce Ramses to you. So he has a degree in electrical engineering from the University of Washington and a PhD in neuroscience from the University of Michigan. Ramses is the co-founder and CEO of Neurable, where he is translating brain activity into simple, actionable insights for everyday usage. Ramses is based in Boston in the US. Ramses, it's great to see you again. How are you doing today? Doing awesome. Doing awesome, you know. We've been making a lot of progress recently, and so even since we last talked, a lot has changed. So being in that dynamic world has, has been incredible. Wow, I feel the energy. Before we dive in, I prepared a few rapid-fire questions. Short quests, short answers. Are you ready? If you could swap brains with anybody, whose brain would you use for a day, and what would you do with that knowledge? Wow, that's a fantastic question. I, I think I would probably pick... Michael Faraday. I mean, he was the one who really started to understand electricity. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, there was this invisible power that we don't even know exists, you know, that now powers everything in our modern day world. And I, I just love to be inside his brain and think like, how is he defining all this new information about how the world works and how it could work? Did he have the vision to see where it is going now? Or was he just like really curious with this invisible power? called electromagnetism was and i'd love to be inside his brain and just experience those moments and you just mentioned the brain what is the weirdest brain fact that you came across during your phd or in your work at neurable i guess the weirdest one is just like how little we know you know it's like we i feel like it's kind of like diet plans where everybody has their own perspective and they're all wrong and they're all right at the same time and like you know there's it's just You know, there's there's no such thing as like understanding the brain. We're we're just at its infancy. And anybody who tells you that they understand the brain is lying to you. We don't like that. And I saw a picture of you with your dog. What is say the quality in a dog that you appreciate the most? For them to be lackadaisical, uh, which basically means my dog is very slow and sleepy. He does not move. I can put him in a corner. And then, uh, you know, even though I take him out every three hours, if it was up to him, he would just lay there for 12 hours before going outside. So the fact that he creates <laughs> zero issues in my life, that he's there to cuddle, 
that laziness is, is definitely what I look for in dogs. Not in people, but in dogs. I like it. When you think about leaders, what is one quality that is a must? Mm, that's a good question. I guess I would say uh, having conviction. Like if you don't believe in what you're going to do, no one's going to believe in what you're going to do. Right. And, uh, and, and leadership is about bringing a team of people across some very difficult milestones. And so, you know, they have to be on board with you as well. Who is one of your role models? One of my role models is actually Richard Sheridan. He's the CEO of Menlo Innovations in, in Michigan. He has, he's known for creating one of the best company cultures in the world. He's written two books, Joy Inc. and Chief Joy Officer. And he's, you know, somebody I look up to a lot and every single day when it comes to how do I continue to make the best team possible. I think if you have a great team, everything else happens organically. I have two more questions for the rapid fire. What is the best advice you've been given in your personal or in your professional life? Best advice was anything that you hear is valuable feedback. You just have to understand the context or the situation, right? And that changed my perspective on when I got feedback because sometimes it would be brutally honest feedback. And maybe in the past I used to take it personally. Now I'm able to take a step back and say like, wait, Where is this relevant? Why does this matter? And that has really opened up my perspective on how to iterate and learn much faster. And last one, what is one thing we cannot Google about you? My life's pretty public, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be honest, uh, you can pretty much find anything about me. I guess maybe that my family came from Mexico. No, you could probably find that too. So. Yeah, I heard that in a I'm different podcast. Open. Yeah, nice. I'm pretty open. So, yeah. Now we heard bits and pieces about you, and I'm so curious to find out how you became the CEO of a neuroscience company. Could you please share the key milestones that led you to where you are today? Yeah, definitely. I mean, really, the story of Neurable starts when I was about eight years old. My uncle got into a, a trucking accident, and he lost both his legs. Mm -hmm. and it was a really traumatic time for him, but it also impacted me deeply. It made me want to develop technology to help individuals like him. I ended up going to the University of Washington, studying electrical engineering, machine learning, and I realized that a lot of these prosthetics can connect with the brain. So I went to grad school, studied neuroscience, and then that's when I realized even more that like prosthetics are actually like a small problem compared to the bigger issue in neuroscience, which is we just have this dearth of data and this inability to really learn about the brain at scale. And so that's what motivated me to work on the core technology venerable, which is an AI that helps increase signal to noise of brain data so we can use it in scalable form factors and really spin out the company. And so that's that's really kind of some of the key milestones that led me to where I am. I never thought I was going to be a CEO or an engineer or a scientist or all the many roles I've had to play. You know, that's what the mission asked me to do in order to really bring this technology to light. And that's that's kind of what I expect is going to happen in the future too. There's going to be new roles and responsibilities that I didn't even know I needed to do in order to bring this technology to the masses. You just mentioned the word mission, and I felt there was a lot of purpose just linking it back to your uncle. What is now your purpose for your company? Yeah, the main mission is to create what we call an everyday brain-computer interface. So right now, to be able to look at the brain and, and use it, You have to have like this cap on your head that has gel and metal sensors everywhere. And it's, it's just a terrible experience for individuals to use. And so what we've done is we've created a system that helps increase the signal of the brain data that we look at so that we can bring it down to headphones, earbuds, and everyday systems, essentially, 
and then be able to leverage all the incredible work that's been done since the 70s and 80s when it comes to the brain, such as tracking Alzheimer's, controlling devices, you know, looking at burnout and fatigue of individuals. There's just so many applications that are tracked in labs because they don't have access to this everyday uh, you know, opportunity, which is what our company is enabling. So in the near future, when you buy a headphone product from your favorite brand, it's going to have our technology inside of it. I have a few questions about that, but before we go there, you also became a CEO, like a proper business person along the way. How is that to be a business person coming from a scientific background? I feel like every single one of my milestones or chapters in my life have been radical shifts. You know, I went from doing electrical engineering to, to doing neuroscience to being a CEO, right? And through all those shifts from engineering to science to, to business, I think that, you know, they've all been fairly radical, right? When you're, when you're doing engineering, it's more about trying to solve the core problem with the easiest solution. In science, you're trying to design experiments and understand why a mechanism is or is not working. And then in business, it really comes down to how do you make something that's valuable for people so that you can generate yes. revenue. And they've all required completely large reshifts of, of how I think, but I've always been an individual who's been open to change. And I think that that's a great piece of advice I'd like to share as well too, which is, you know, make yourself comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's the only way that you're going to be able to evolve and adapt to the challenges that are ahead of you. And that's really how you grow the most in life. When you look at the challenges you have today and you have those headphones probably lying around in your office, how does that headphone help you to be a better business person? Yeah, so we work with headphones, earbuds, really any type of form factor. We have two kind of core applications. On the consumer side, uh, we work with OEMs and essentially they're going to be releasing it in their... Uh, new future wearable devices. And what they do is they monitor your, your focus and attention as you're working throughout the day. And then they'll tell you when you should be taking a break. Now, that's a really valuable use case because we've seen through one of our validations, which was with the Mayo Clinic, is that individuals who took a break using our technology versus not taking a break or using other techniques like Pomodoro or every hour, they were able to decrease their burnout at the end of the day significantly. They actually left with a 70% increase in happiness at the end of the day and a 20% lower reduction in stress. And the reason for that is because wow. the first few hours that they were working, they were doing really great work. And then the last half of their day, they started introducing errors into their code or mistakes into their work. And then they started getting frustrated trying to solve these problems that they had self-introduced because their mind was fatigued. And if you took a break, instead you were able to maintain a high level of productivity the entire day and not introduce errors to your work. And so those people left work and they said like, wow, I really crushed it today. I feel like I did eight hours worth of work and I feel really motivated and like inspired by the work I did today versus saying like, wow, I feel like I only did four hours worth of work. This really sucked. You know, I really wanted to do X, but I only accomplished, yes. you know, this tiny small amount of it. So that's, that's on the consumer end. And on the Department of Defense and so we work with with a lot of the US Department of, of, of Defense and that's really to prevent accidents you know fatigue related accidents are about a quarter of the accidents faced by the Air Force and the Army we can identify when someone is too tired to do a task to have them rotate out and, and save lives Wow and going back to the burner so I get that it helps you to focus but how does it really help you to preempt burnout exactly so it helps you to get into focus much more rapidly. 
And then it also tells you when you should be taking breaks in a way that helps maintain your productivity throughout the day in a way that you feel uh, refreshed, not burnt out. And how does it work? I mean, I guess it uncovers some brain activity. And then if it's too much, it says calm down. So essentially, we use EEG around the ear or in the ear. And we're able to track something we call a focus score, which is basically how intensely a person is focusing throughout the day. And then what we can see is if their focus score starts to drop down slowly, we know they're starting to get fatigued. And so at that point in time, we can tell them to take a break, even a five to 10 minute break, just go for a walk, essentially something that, you know, removes you from the current work that you're doing. And then when you come back, it's really crazy to see the, the responses from, from our users They're like, wow, I didn't realize I needed that break. I feel so much better like the second half of this work. I feel even more energized in the first half, right? And then if they don't take a break, then you continue seeing that focus line go down and, and their productivity going down and their frustration going up. And you just mentioned that the breaks can also be as short as five to 10 minutes and people might go for a walk. Do you have any insights when a break is really helping? Yeah, definitely. We can look post-break. So we actually have a feature where you can write down what type of break you did. And then post-break, we can see how much it impacted you, right? And if it impacted you a lot, then you're able to stay focused for longer. And what we found through our own studies is that doing a little bit of exercise, whether it's some push-ups or going out for a walk, those actually help your break come back more refreshed, even more than things like meditation or or just looking at your phone. And so the type of break or the quality of break matters a lot. And we can actually give recommendations on the type of breaks based off of what works best for you. And out of curiosity, so I always like to break my day with running, but then I tend to listen to podcasts or to something. Is that okay in terms of your research or should I go back to listening to nothing and just run? We would know if you're wearing our system, let's say you're wearing our earbuds running, right? Then we would be able to tell how impactful it is, whether you're running with a, a podcast or not, right? But at the end of the day, as long as you're reducing the stimulation on your nervous system, uh, which is what these stressors essentially make you fatigued, that's beneficial, right? And some Got might it. be more beneficial than others. Maybe running with a podcast is okay, but if you, you took the last 10 minutes and you didn't listen to anything, you were just there with yourself, it might even be better. What I like about this idea or about a tool that helps me oh, take a break, I feel like sometimes people don't dare to say, oh, I'm tired. And this could help them to really raise their hand. And it's like, hey, this is proven. I really need to take a break now. I will be able to work better afterwards. So I feel like it gives permission to break. Yeah, actually, that's one of the biggest use cases with companies that we work with that are in call centers. Right. Call centers are incredibly stressful environments. They're doing customer service with people. And one of the biggest issues is they have breaks that are predefined during the day. Right. And so if a person just got off a call and they're really burnt out, you know, they had a particularly difficult customer, they might not get that break for another three hours. Right. And so and so what these call centers do is they actually use our technology to let the person know, hey, it's okay to take a break. And that data is sent to the person. So if so it never gets sent to their manager, right? So that person can decide, yes. hey, now I should take a break. It's not that the manager's telling you or that your performance is down or anything like that. It's like, hey, 
you need this break, go take it, go spend five minutes, go for a walk, come back. It's going to help you do your job better. And at the end of the day, the employer gets better retention because there's less burnt out employees. There's a lot less, you know, fatigue and stress in, in the job. And that also saves them thousands and thousands of dollars because it, it takes them sometimes $5,000 to train an employee. And if they get one of our headsets and now they're able to retain that employee for an extra year or two, that saves them yes. a ton when it comes to, you know, maintaining a good, healthy office culture. And I understand that this is a use case to get a foot in the door. If it can maybe jump in the future and it's now like, say, 2035, something like this. What kind of role does the technology you are creating play then? Yeah, definitely. And I think that the way to see this is similar to like an Apple Watch. You know, when the Apple Watch first came out, it was meant for looking at heart rate and movement. Right? Very basic. And so focus detection and fatigue detection is essentially that first stepping stone, like you're mentioning. But now the Apple Watch can be used for heart arrhythmia tracking, you know, Parkinson's detection. It can be used for all these kind of health applications as well. There's even now a method for, you know, pinching your hand to click, right? So interactions. Same thing is going to happen with brain computer interfaces. You know, if you look at how EEG is used right now in laboratories, it can be used for anything from traumatic brain injury detection, strokes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, you know, there's just so many applications that EEG, the core technology we use to read brain activity can be used. And so all those health Applications start to open up long term as we collect more data and then also forms of interaction. Imagine, you know, changing music by thinking or being able to send a very simple text message to somebody. Like these are things that become available as more data gets. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we have. So really, I don't have to do anything? I can just be like, come on, send a message? A little bit more complicated than yet, but those are all applications. (laughs) You know, myself and a lot of other companies out there have prototypes of these systems. It's just a matter of time and data to really get the technology to to the state where it becomes available for people to use at scale. You know what? I find that actually a little bit scary because then I would be worried that somebody starts reading my mind. I mean, it's not that interesting, but still that is coming up. No one's ever going to read your mind with these non-invasive systems, but they're going to be able to infer things about you. And that's why we think as a company, it's very important for us that the data goes to the person and not to others, right? And so it's a, it's a tool for you to better understand yourself, to have a better mind-body connection. It's a tool for you to, you know, reach out to a doctor if we tell you you, you might have a, a biomarker for Alzheimer's, right? Right now it takes 10 years in disease to know if you have Alzheimer's. What if you could track that over time and you could catch it on year one or two? So it's a way to empower Cute. the person in a way that hasn't been possible before. And we're really strict when it comes to making sure that that's what the technology is used for. Obviously, as, as more of this technology comes out, it's going to be up to the consumer to choose what, what's important to them. I like this, that I can use this to live a better life. I see also a lot in coaching how stressed people are and triggers sometimes bad decisions. Or that I, I mean, I think you see that in the world. So I feel like that can really help to create a better balance overall that a lot of stupid decisions don't even happen. Yeah, there's actually this great study that was done in the early 90s where they were able to use EEG to identify a person's decision-making capability, right? So if they're really fatigued or tired, then chances are they're not making good decisions, right? And so they did this like gambling test where one of the outcomes was a very bad probability to get a reward. 
But if a person was in a state of mind where they were making bad decisions, they would pick that chance, even though it was very low probability. And so just being able to tell people like, hey, maybe you should sleep on it, get some good sleep, wake up tomorrow and then decide whether you should yes, buy that yes, new Tesla yes. or not, right? Like that's, that's something that the technology in the future has the capability to really help people with. Wow. And when is this kind of technology coming to market? It's going to be Q1 of 2024. And will that be available everywhere or focused on the U.S.? So our first partner is going to be releasing in the U.S. first. And then over time, we're going to release to other areas. They're an international brand. And so very soon, you know, if you want one, you're going to be able to get one. Yeah, this sounds super intriguing. If you look at this, what are any challenges, say, or obstacles that you have to overcome to really make this work? Yeah, thankfully, we've, we've tackled a lot of the technical challenges at this point. You know, the technology works pretty seamlessly. It works, we say it works kind of like an Apple product. You just put it on and it just works automatically. Wow. So really, now the main challenges are, are like life challenges, like supply chain issues or, you know, we get a new board and maybe one of the amplifiers doesn't work as well as we want it to. So before we go into mass production, we have to check everything and test everything and go through regulation. Uh, so I like to think that these are the boring problems. You know, it's like, like we did all the science and math and engineering, all the crazy, difficult things. Now we're doing all the boring problems that are needed to get a product out, which is still very difficult work, but it's at least not reinventing or inventing anything new. Yes. And who's your role model for that? I guess Steve Jobs has been a role model for the company as a whole because of his perspective of like, empathizing with product and user experience, right? And so everything that we build, we try to make as seamless and transparent as possible, right? And that same mentality is actually the same type of mentality that that Richard Sheridan from, from uh, Menlo Innovations has as well too, right? Like how do you have empathy for the user, right? How do you remove these barriers of, of even on the software side to make everything feel as seamless as possible? So I would say like, Steve and, and Richard are a big part of the user experience DNA of our company when it comes to how we design products and software. And we also want the same thing to be true with the launch experience. It's, it's going to be such a gorgeous product. It's going to work really seamlessly. And I always want to make this very actionable for the people that are listening in. It's like when we look at the neurotechnology and things that are coming our way, what do you recommend people to be really um, ready for the future? Yeah, it's going to come faster than you think. You know, like more and more products are going to be rolling out with neurable technology in the near future. The only thing I'd say is like be open-minded to it. You know, like I know it can be a little bit scary to like think that your brain data is being collected. The truth is we're, we're capturing about the same level of information as an accelerometer. So if you already have a smartwatch or if you have a pair of headphones, which also have sensors that record different things, some of them have systems for detecting yeah. your heart rate through your ear. And then some headphones even have accelerometers inside of them so that they can detect movement or other things like that to help your, your, uh, your health kits on your, on your phone. So we can't pick up anything significantly greater than what those systems can do. But when it comes to the brain, people have this like association of it being very sacred, which is totally understandable. What I would say is don't let that fear be what blocks you from really taking advantage of the incredible capabilities and opportunities that brain technology has to offer. I love that. The burner part, that is where I'm really interested in and really helping me to focus. Because exactly. I know is if I don't do my breaks here and there, like I'm wasting time. I'm sitting here for a few hours and basically I do 
nothing really worthwhile. So I'm very keen on trying that and really improving on that. What else would you like to share with our audience looking at Neurable and the neurotechnology coming our way? It's pretty much here. Like very soon you're going to have the option of choosing the smart headphone or the dumb ones, right? And the truth is the dumb ones are going to die. Like there's a reason that you don't have a dumb phone anymore, right? Because a smartphone is so valuable. And so the same thing is going to happen with headphones and earbuds. And what I would just say is like, keep your eye open for them. You know, we're going to be announcing our pre-order in, in November. You know, for anybody interested in that type of technology, that's a great time to reach out. And then very soon, both on the defense side, but then also on the consumer side, you're going to see more and more products with our technology out there. Give them a try. I think that they can add a significant value to your life. And then really, you're going to be a part of building the future. That's, I think, the most exciting part. Because, you know, if you consent to share your data with us, we can then take that data and further open up capabilities for you, such as changing music tracks or tracking health biomarkers. So this is really a community of people. We're all working together for a bigger application. And it has the potential to really solve some of the biggest problems in the world. And it's, you know, just thinking about that, you know, you could be a part of this experience too. Which health markers can people expect to have already in the first models? First models, we won't be releasing any biomarkers yet because we work with laboratories to get them fully medically validated. But, uh, you know, we have a few internally that are going through validation right now. And in the near future, we want to introduce biomarkers for ADHD, anxiety, depression, and then over oh, time, wow. things like Alzheimer's as well, too. But we want to make sure we work with the scientific community really closely. And then we also work with people who are passionate about the technology, right? This is one of the few times where you can buy a wearable device and know that you are making a difference to the world by sharing your data and being a part of this progress that we can do. And that's the part that excites me the most, right? Like the reason I got into this is because I care about solving these neuroscience related problems. And the only way to do it is through this type of technology at scale. And so you can be a significant part of that journey as well. That is so impressive. So impressive. And I'm happy for you that you have this fulfilling journey. Just a few more questions left. What is coming up next for you? The next step now is to get this technology out into the world, create real value to people's lives, and then from there to start scaling the capabilities and also the partners that, that we have in line. The Senate just passed a significant bill to bring neurotechnology into the helmets of soldiers and in the Air Force. So to me, it's like making sure that we save lives, making sure that we add value to consumers. Those are really the next steps for the company. And the two of us, we got introduced through Charlie Sal. So shout out to him. And I always like to ask my guests, who else should I have on? I think that you should definitely have on Sridi Yengar. That guy is incredible. He's one of our board members. He's the previous CEO of Elemental Machines, but he's also one of the co-founders of Misfit Wearables. Incredible individual doing some really future-forward work when it comes to creating digital twins for for enterprise and manufacturing. You should definitely chat with them. Perfect. I will, and I will ask you for the introduction afterwards. And for everybody who is inspired, they should definitely go on the website of your company, neurable.com, and I believe they can sign up for a newsletter there. And you should also How come join our Discord. I'm on there if you want to chat with me directly. We also have a lot of team members there. It's a really lively community of people passionate about doing good for the world through neurotechnology. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining me today. That was so insightful and for me, completely new world. So <laughs> thanks for enlightening. Thank you. Thank you.
I hope you feel inspired to work on your goals now. And if somebody else comes to mind who could benefit from the episode, why not forward it? And yes, you helping me spread the word means the world to me. So thank you so much. If I can ever be of help with my coaching hat on, just send me an email or a message via LinkedIn and then we take it from there. And don't forget to follow us on social at Delegate and Reaching Your Goals podcast. If you want to hear from us in between episodes, sign up for our newsletter at delegate.substack.com. And with that, we are done for today. We are one step closer to reaching your goals. Talk to you guys next time. Bye.